0: Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15 minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. And on today's episode, I'm talking to Jen Casey. Now... In this episode we're talking about initially we're talking about business aligned vision but we talk about so much more than just that but i want to stress you know the thing about alignment in our business and how important that actually is because if we're not in alignment when we're running a business we're heading down the wrong path it's not going to serve us it's gonna be a struggle, whatever you try to do, and it's not gonna go the way you want it to go. And if you know, if you're interested in anything about alignment, uh, we, we even touched a little bit on human design because that's something I've been digging into lately. Uh, Jen, obviously, too. This is, you know, if you haven't checked out, I highly recommend checking out human design. By the way, because um, it really open up my eyes to you know the person i am is the person i'm supposed to be there's nothing wrong with me (laughs) you know what i'm saying um which was so weird because everything that is said about the person that i was it was like wow this this is exactly who i am which is so weird um which kind of makes it you know it's okay to be you which is another thing uh, about alignment and all of this you know having a live vision and in business um we tend to forget about ourselves in our in in our business in our launches and everything that we do because we look at all these people all the stuff that they're doing all the tactics all the strategies and all that stuff and we try to do what they're doing and there's nothing wrong because you know that's what they're telling us to do you know you need to do this you need to do that you need to do a webinar you need to do a challenge and obviously we take that on and would try to do it, and maybe it doesn't work out. Uh, and that can be totally okay, but you need to figure out for yourself, you know, what is the thing that I want to do, what is right for me, versus looking at, okay, he's telling me to do a webinar, so I'm going to do a webinar, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it, and chances are, if that's not your thing, if you don't really like, if, or let's just say that like this, if a webinar doesn't light you up, maybe you're not supposed to do a webinar. Maybe you're supposed to do something else. Maybe it's a challenge. Maybe you love doing a challenge. Maybe you love getting getting on live and, you know, having a challenge with people instead of um, doing a one-time webinar where you're kind of teaching something like that. So, yeah. So we talk about a lot of this stuff in the episode. Um, I think you can really enjoy it. And personally, I love talking about this more and more each every single day so probably going to hear a lot more about this stuff so if you resonate with it stick with the podcast anyway i won't keep you any longer i want you to listen to jen and the things that she share about this it's um super valuable i think you're gonna love it so let's just jump into the episode have you launched your online course with great success or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry All right, welcome to the Oh My God, I'm launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wescar and today I am joined with Jen Casey. Hi, Jen.
1: Hi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so fun to have you here. Uh, I got to be honest, though, when you booked the uh, interview, it said Jennifer Casey. And I was like, Jennifer? Who's Jennifer? <laughs> like, oh, right. Yeah, it's
1: Jen.
2: <laughs> I got to go update that in my system. It's funny. I used to have Jennifer in the early days of business as my Facebook name. And then so many people would refer to me as Jennifer. And I was like, why are they calling me Jennifer? Oh, yeah, <laughs> probably go in and update that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But i love to have you on this podcast. Um, the reason why I wanted you on this podcast is because, well, Clubhouse is a new thing. As we know, um, it can be both distracting and valuable, uh, which I learned with your room that you hosted, um, where you guys kind of talked about, uh, what's it business aligned vision?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Exactly, and I love that conversation. That's exactly why I wanted to bring you on this podcast and talk a little bit more about what we kind of talked about on or inside that room. Yeah. Um, before we jump into that, I would love for you to just give us a little info on yourself. Um, you know who you are, who you help, and how you help them.
2: Sure. So I am a brain-based business coach, and I work with online entrepreneurs, specifically online coaches who want to develop their skill set as a coach and want to build and run world-class coaching businesses. So I love being able to get in the trenches with my clients and help them really develop powerful coaching programs that um, really speak to the, the different styles of learners really help people actually create that transformation. So I love being able to incorporate all of that mm-hmm. and all of the brain-based stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, you mentioned different learning styles. Um, what do you mean by learning styles? I know, you've talked about this in the BBD um, community as well. Um, But for those who don't understand what that is, what does it mean?
2: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, there's so many levels and layers that we can uh, look at this with, but even just that there's people who are primarily auditory learners. So they're learning through hearing a lecture, through having a conversation. I always use my older brother as an example. We're a year and 12 days apart and Mm -hmm. we could be more different in a classroom setting. He did not stop talking and would learn Spanish by talking to his Spanish teacher in Spanish. For mm-hmm. me, I was like, no, no, no. Give me notes. Give me structure. I want to <laughs> understand what's on the test. I'm a very visual learner, a very um, tactile learner. So I like to take notes. And then there's people who are kinesthetic learners who want to, you know, be kind of in the movement, want to be working through a problem. So that's just one lens that we can look at when we're looking at creating online courses and programs, most people tend to primarily build the program that is through the lens of their different thinking, analyzing learning styles, their personality. so I love to be able to bring i mean that's just one of the lenses that I talk about mm-hmm. in, in the so I'll give you guys that, but you know just looking at all of these different aspects of how can we really improve our courses and programs so that we can engage all of the different types of learners and thinkers. Cause I know as a kid I felt very excluded when teachers only wanted to engage me in one way in the style they like to teach in. So um that's been an interesting awareness as I've gone into different coaching programs and getting to see, you know, and then you know we're looking at just even more of like an inclusive and diverse, you know, different things if someone is hearing impaired, you know, do we have transcripts that they're going to be so able to Options where they can also engage in that content and learn, you know. So just kind of really expanding on that, especially this year, and looking at all the different ways we can engage our audience.
0: Yeah, and you know, this day and age, we, you know, we're on the mobile phone all the time. Obviously, so we can pretty much learn from anywhere. So whether that's on a bus or you know somewhere else, uh, and maybe we can't have the sound on, so it'd be good to kind of read something or, like you said, have captions on or something like that. So yeah, it's good to uh, good to have different types of styles to learn from, obviously. Love that. Um, obviously, you've done a few launches too. Um, just want to kind of touch on that as well because this is the oh my god, I'm launching podcast, obviously. So um, would you share a little bit about the first launch that you did? Because I love talking about those first launches because I think people tend to forget that even though we see all the successful people having five, six, seven-figure launches, they all started out the same way that we all did. So... Would you mind sharing a little bit more about that?
2: Of course. So I actually started in 2011 doing network marketing with Beachbody. Um, literally had no idea what online marketing was. And at that time, I mean, we're thinking 2011, almost 10 years or 10 years ago now.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> 10 years ago, the online space looked wildly different. So me getting on Facebook and, and sharing before and after pictures was. Like, oh my
1: God, I can't believe you would
2: do that. You're putting a picture of yourself in a bikini. And wow, the world has changed. (laughs) But there was no Instagram at the time trying to create a landing page or build an online course. Like those really didn't even, I mean, they did exist, but they were in the very early stages. The tech for setting those things Mm -hmm. up were nightmare. You had to like know how to code in order to build those things out. So I wasn't even involved really in all of that side of it at that point. It wasn't until 2014 where I I really went all in with my network marketing business. And I remember watching a webinar with Brendan Burchard and I still have the piece of paper from April 1st, 2014, where I wrote down and said that I was going to create a six-figure income stream with online products and programs. And so he broke it down. He's like, here's how you can make a million dollars online. You can sell X amount of a $5,000 program and X amount of a $27 product. And for whatever reason, just breaking down the math made it seem so accessible. And I was like, okay, $27, that many people, I could do that you know, I can sign 10 people to, for one-on-one and make a hundred K that seems doable. And thank goodness for that, because it was the the spark that I needed to really kick things into full gear. But of course at the time I had no area of expertise that was like truly developed as still in the Mm -hmm. baby stages. So I went all in with network marketing. And then, I mean, it wasn't until 2016 that I had my first like I want to say real launch or launch in the way that you're probably speaking (laughs) about (laughs) your audience. Um, But let me 2011, my first attempt at launching my business because social media was like not even real. I decided to make flyers on Microsoft word and use clip art pictures and hang these things about like, you know, I'm going to coach you on fitness and I hung it all over my college campus It took me, you know, hours to make these flyers. And I sat there and I cut the bottoms where it had my name and my phone number and my email. (laughs) I was so proud of myself. I walked around for two hours hanging them. And that was on a Friday. And the following Monday, I went to go admire my work Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and see how many people had ripped off my email. I don't know why I thought this was like a million dollar idea. so stupid. All of the flyers were taken down because it was in violation of some bulletin board thing that I needed to go and get approval before I hung anything. Mm -hmm. So I was clearly devastated. That was my first epic fail as an entrepreneur, my first attempt at marketing myself. And from there I was like, well, all right, that didn't work. Now what? And that was when I started getting on social media and stuff. Um, But my first like official launch launch in 2016, at this point, I had already had several years under my belt of really Failing miserably at selling, really learning how to refine my sales process when I was in network marketing, I was like top in sales, like crushed it, had my stuff dialed in, really, really solid you know funnels, even though most people in network marketing didn't do that and I was just like I My, my, the people that were on my network marketing team were not interested in actually being entrepreneurs. And I was like, I'm just going to go with work with people who actually want to do this. Started doing some business coaching, ended up, um, partnering with somebody and we had a six figure launch right out the gate, which is total unicorn, not the norm at all. We both building our audiences for a while. So we had, um, a Facebook group that was specifically health coach related. So I don't know about you guys, but like in Facebook groups today, there's, it's usually a lot of self-promotion if you're in like Mm -hmm. on Facebook groups but because this one was specifically a business group for health coaches, because we had that really clear niche, no one in there was trying to promote themselves because they were in a group of other health coaches.
0: Yeah, so exactly.
2: It really positioned us as experts. And I mean, we literally are we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't really know we were doing like a five-day challenge. We we're like, let's just do like a challenge thing. So we just like get on some live videos for five days. There was no like, high level strategy in terms of that, like, we weren't like creating a gap and really creating demand. We were just teaching them, giving way too much how-to. And then for three weeks, we jumped on sales calls, like 80 sales calls.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
2: It was obscene. <laughs> um, learned so much about being on, so much more about selling and being on sales calls. Like the longer the call, the more likely, like if it goes over 30 minutes, the more likely the person is not going to sign up because chances mm-hmm. are you're getting into coaching them. Um, and then, yeah, we ended up, selling 80 seats into that first program and just continue to have like these obscene launches. But again, that's 2016. So at that time there were so few people in the business coaching space, very different from today. We're like, Mm -hmm. it seems like everybody's a business coach these days, which is awesome. There's so much more um, information out there. So many more people who have had online success over the last couple of years. So it's definitely a growing industry, but we were sort of early settlers, definitely anomalies, which created challenges in, you know, our clients being like, yeah, but how do I do that? And we're like, we don't really know what we did. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, a combination of having a really niched Facebook group and getting on live video when live video was brand new to Facebook and showing up every single day when so many people were scared to show up on video.
0: Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, 2020 has probably produced a lot of people going online, coaching, creating courses. I mean, the market is so much bigger now than it was just a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's insane. Like
2: some, Yeah, it's crazy. And I think with that it's like yes, there's more people doing what if you're listening to this might be doing what you're doing, but there's also so many more people who are interested in learning about these things. So Absolutely. Yeah, more opportunity for sure.
0: Yeah. But let's um dive into, you know, the uh bit, business line vision that we're going to talk about. Um for me, I think like we talked about a little bit before we got on is that we tend to forget to focus on ourselves uh during the launch or during the business when we have a business in a tool because we look at all the people that tell us to do all this stuff all these tactics all the strategies but we forget about ourselves we forget to think about you know how can i be getting the most out of this you know and still be me you know it's so hard to get sucked into everybody else and trying to copy everybody else um yeah where do you want to start this conversation (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I can just share like over the last couple of years, I've just seen that play out so much of choosing goals or, or working towards goals that are not ours or not yours. Mm-hmm. And I had a nice wake up call in 2015. It was December 31st. I was in network marketing at the time and it was the last hours before, you know, I was supposed to hit some company specific goal. And I was late to a new year's Eve party. And I remember sitting there thinking, this is straight up dumb. Like, why am I doing this? I'm late mm-hmm. to the party. The whole reason why I created my own business was to have freedom. And now I'm still kind of operating from like someone else's goals. And that was when I realized like, why am I even moving towards this? Why do I need this? why do I think this is like what, and started unpacking that. Like, Oh, cause I think this will make me successful. I think this will make me be perceived as successful. This will give mm. me shred right in the, in the market and network marketing space. And I just realized how unhappy I was and how stressed out I was in that business model and how it actually did not align with my core values. It did not align with my ultimate vision. And I realized in that moment how I had actually like gotten distracted from my you know, I'm going to create a six-figure revenue stream with my own coaching products and programs. And I had, I was like, wow, okay, that's what I actually want to do and set out to do. And I kind of just got sucked into drinking the company Kool Aid. By drinking, I mean straight up guzzling the company. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, like nothing wrong with that company. It gave me so many gifts. It taught me so many things. I was like, wow, okay, I need to, I need to go and and get back to alignment of what. I want to create, because really when we have, it's like the Tony Robbins quote, when we have success without fulfillment, that's the ultimate failure. Mm-hmm. And and I've had, I've experienced that multiple times, not because I was purposely pursuing the wrong goals, but just because my goals and things changed, right? That's another aspect of it that as we all grow, especially in the entrepreneur space, I feel like most of us are doing some deep inner work on a regular basis, constantly dealing with our beliefs and being challenged and leadership <laughs> and all this expansion. So, you know, our goals do evolve, at least I find with myself and my clients do evolve fairly quickly. So it's like being aware of that too.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And what, you know, you talk about alignment, what does that mean to you?
1: Mm,
2: That's such a good question. Alignment to me really means when we are in integrity with our highest desires, our highest purpose, our core values and then it's for me it's it's uh an intuition
1: mm-hmm.
2: of okay this is giving me chills this might not make logical sense but it's a it's a feeling for me of like this is a heck yes and I noticed that when I'm in alignment with something and I'm like, okay, should I hire self? Should I make this decision? I can feel my breath start to change. I can feel my muscles relax. I can feel myself getting butterflies. So, and, and I don't know that that's the same for every person, but I do know that that's what I've learned about myself. I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not a human design expert, but what I learned recently about my human design chart is that <laughs> um like in the way that I make decisions and the 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 I won't get into the whole thing but the way that I make decisions it like that makes sense that that aligns for me that Mm -hmm. I can can really feel into it and the more details that I'm able to sift through and the more clarity I'm able to get on the how the happier I am Mm -hmm. um
0: just out of curiosity what is uh you know I'm recently got into human design too and it's, oh, cool. ra- it's a rabbit hole i'm gonna yeah. admit it but what are you uh are you manifesting generators something like that or
2: i'm a projector you're a projector and wow. in on the myers-briggs i am an isfj which is ISFJ. pretty right. rare actually for somebody who's like yeah. in the visionary role i definitely have natural um qualities that would probably be better for integrator and just because i am such a how person i can mm-hmm. see all of the details, that's the S and the ISFJ I'm sensing. So I can see the visual picture of how all the things come together. And then the J is all about the organization. So it's like, I really like to, um, and then in human design, I'm a splenic authority. So I apparently make, it's, it's like almost like a fear, Based decision making kind of thing. Where it's like <laughs> I do <to> that, and <laughs> I let the fear lead me. I'm like, okay, which is so weird because at the beginning of this year, I didn't even know that. And my word for 2021 is quote with the fear.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I was like, whoa, that's really weird. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I say that because I think everybody's version of alignment might look a little bit different. And this goes back to, you know, creating an aligned business, business vision that your goals are not going to look the same way as everybody else's because it's not aligned with the core of who you are. And the way that mm. I feel alignment might not be the way someone else feels alignment. And just hopefully sharing that, giving people permission to let it be however it needs to be.
0: Yeah, them. I think it's probably different for every single person. Uh, personally, I think listening to my intuition is kind of where it led me to alignment in itself. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's like it's this feeling that you kind of know deep down inside and it's usually the first response that I get is usually Mm -hmm. the right one. So it's like that gut feeling. Yeah. And if you listen to that, or in my case, if I listen to that, things tend to go my way or I feel like, you know, you get into alignment and things just start happening and you, you know, things feels easier, you're moving faster. It's all, it's such a different feeling than if you're trying to do something that doesn't feel in in alignment.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I'll share too with intuition, a beautiful lesson that I learned um, last year, a friend of mine was planning on coming on a trip with me and some of my girlfriends. And she really wanted to come consciously, but just there was this intuition that was like, you're not supposed to be there. And mm-hmm. every time she tried to be like, no, but I think I'm going to come. She's like, no, I just, I'm, I'm not supposed to go. I'm not supposed to be there. And, um, she kept fighting it because there was like that FOMO was starting to, mm-hmm. go, with, I want <laughs> I want to go with you guys. And then her dog ended up getting sick and her stepmom ended up needing massive surgery. Oh, so wow. her intuition was spot on mm-hmm. and it was, totally divinely led in it. both of them, the dog and the stepmom were fine. So, you know, but she knew on an intuitive level that she was supposed to be there, that it wasn't right for her to be coming with us. So for her, that was a very, that was her intuition. It was mm-hmm. a very calm, very firm inner knowing. It wasn't emotional. It wasn't erratic. It was con- constant and just a deep knowing. A couple of months later, we were going on a different trip and I landed our location. I'm in the airport waiting for an Uber and she calls me and she's, hysterical and she's like I'm freaking out I had a dream last night a night terror that I was in the plane and I crashed and I canceled my trip
1: <laughs> and, I'm not
2: coming. and I'm like wait what <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to do I feel like this is my intuition I think I was gonna die um blah, blah 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 this whole thing and I was like hold on I was like let me offer you this remember when you didn't come to the other trip and that actually was your intuition what did that feel
1: like mm-hmm
2: in that moment, she was like, oh my gosh, thank you for that gift. You're so right. This is totally like my my fear. This is, mm-hmm. this, this is really tied to this moment in her life where she was feeling very out of control with different things and so it was just kind of the perfect storm of her subconscious really playing out this plane crash scenario where she literally when you're in a plane crash you have no control over the outcome so it was like truly a, an image for her about just like surrender and so she ended up coming on the trip and like, I just thought that was such a beautiful lesson for both of us and in better understanding like is this intuition or is this fear
0: yeah. Cause they're kind of similar in the sense of how you perceive them, but the emotions are different and it might not be so easy to kind of pick up on the differences.
2: Right. Cause sometimes we can have intuition with fear. Like we could mm-hmm. inner knowing be like, yes, this is the path I'm supposed to go on and OMG, I am scared out of my mind. Mm-hmm. So we can sometimes have both. So I think that's, you know, important to cue on, key in on as well, that, you know, really, Determining that and even looking back and reflecting back on some things that you guys have experienced in the past, like, where were those times where you had that inner knowing where it was that stillness?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, you mentioned core values as well. And I think maybe for any person who finds alignment or wants to be in alignment, um, it probably comes down to the core values that you kind of in tune with those
2: hundred percent. Yeah. I was talking to a good friend of mine a couple months ago at the beginning of quarantine. And uh, we had been together in some groups where, you know, the, the constant um, goal or like, everyone's like, Oh, I want a multimillion. I want this. I want that. And it was always about like, okay, great. You hit that. Now what's next. Now what's next. Now what's next. And I was talking to her and she said, honestly, I work two hours a day. We've got multiple streams of income. It is so easy. It is so aligned. I love how I get to show up for my community and I get to make bread every single day. She's like, Mm. I'm good. Like, why? Why do I need more? Like, I'm so happy. This is like my dream life. And that was such a beautiful conversation to have with her. Cause I'm like, wow, yeah, you're right. Like that is so powerful to be able to say, okay, just because so-and-so has a team of 15 people or 20 people or five people, like, why do you need that? Mm -hmm. If you want that, great. But if that doesn't seem good to you, like you don't, like it might not align with your core values. Like the friend that I was just talking about, her core values were, you know, based around family, based Mm -hmm. around, you know, having space, not prior, like not about working 24 seven. So it's like, we see, I think we see in the online space as entrepreneurs, a lot of this, like, cool. You had a 10 K launch. Now have a 30 K launch. Now I have an 80 K launch. Now I have 120 K launch. Now I have a million dollar launch. And like if you're good with the number of people that you hit at 100K, like you can just have consistent 100K launches. Like it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be more. Like if you enjoy working with a container of 30 people and it stresses you out, and you are like, no, I don't want to outsource this to a team of head coaches. No, I don't want to do these things. Like great, so don't. Like it doesn't have to look the same way as somebody else's business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that goes back to what we talked about in the beginning as well. You know that we don't have to do what everybody else is doing is, but what do you want to do?
1: Yeah, yeah. What
0: is aligned with uh, your core values, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And with core values as well, it's like what is the things that are most important to you, mm-hmm. and you can you can ask yourself to kind of elicit those guys. Like, what is most important to you about business, and what are the things that you would do almost anything to avoid having to feel? So you'll sort of get two sets of values. I mean, they're one set of values, but you'll get the ones that are the things that you really want to move towards. So that might be success, that might be recognition, that might be quality time, that might be love, that might be service, might be integrity. And then there's things that you'll do almost anything to avoid having to feel. So that might be rejection, that might be failure. And so when you can elicit sort of both lists, you'll really get to get a better picture of what is most important to you. And, you know, kind of in the field of NLP and different coaching. Um, mechanisms you would essentially order those in the, like at the top 10 core values and really your top two or three those are they things that are most uh essential to mm-hmm. your your being so for example if an entrepreneur has a top two core value of safety they're going to make very different decisions about their business than somebody who has a top core value of you know wealth integrity, and success. Mm Yours is like family time, safety, support, you're going to run a completely different business. And the way in which you set goals is going to look very, very different. And it's not just the values, it's also the rules. So the rules for the values is how we define our way of fulfilling on each value. So for example, two people can both have success as their it's a core value. And one person might define or say, I know I've achieved this value of success when my family tells me I'm amazing. When my kids are really well-behaved all the time, when um, you know, like, and they might have this huge long list of, of ways that they know they're successful. Mm. And then somebody else might say I'm successful when I wake up and I'm breathing. I'm successful when I, eat something that just fuels my body. I'm successful when I get to create space in my calendar. So the way in which, or, or someone, and someone else might say, I know I'm successful when Oprah names me the newest thought leader of, of the year. <laughs> right. So yeah. when we look at it, when we look at the, the way in which we're defining our values and then, and then looking at the rules, we can start to see how easy or difficult we're making our lives. Like how easy is it for you to fulfill on those core values.
0: Mm, Yeah. That's such a good point. I love that. I love that. Um, In terms of, you know, creating this aligned vision for a business. um, First of all, what do you see as a vision? What is, what does that mean to you?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. What do I see as a vision? I mean, for me, it's literal for it's very literal, like something is mm-hmm. visual. I can see, especially when I'm in a, a do a breath work or deep meditation, I will see a vision of like we're planning on doing a relaunch for our podcast and, and launching a membership. So it's like in that moment, I'm seeing and feeling the excitement of the new guests, of the new expanded mission, of bringing like being in service to more people and I'm seeing the people in the membership, sending us emails going like, this is the best thing ever. Right. Like I'm visualizing the outcomes of, of what I want. And that took Mm -hmm. a little bit of time for me because I'm very like um, meticulous in the way that I develop these things. That's my personality style. (laughs) (laughs) And so just give myself the permission and space to like, take as long as I need to and allow it to develop on its own. Um, And really you know seeing seeing the details like when i spoke um on stage last year at BBD i know you you were saying you're like yeah i was there yeah. <laughs> that was that was something that i think this is a great example because when i was i mean i've been on stage many times i have a background as a theater performer but i remember in 2014 I used to be really, really diligent about writing out my goals every single week and doing this visualization practice. So I would visualize myself standing on a stage where I would just given a presentation and I wanted to get out of the how of, I'm like, I don't, it doesn't matter what I said. I just want to see that standing ovation. And so I would get up in my room and I would physicalize it and I would close my eyes. And I would imagine seeing a a room full of people who were like crying and applauding, who were just like so overwhelmed. I could feel their feelings. I could look in their eyes and see the energy that they were giving me. And I would literally like take a bow (laughs) in my room (laughs) and it was freaking bizarre because that's exactly how I felt. When I stepped out on that stage uh, last October. And wow. I've honestly been on dozens upon dozens of stages in a varying different capacities. I've done speaking stuff for um, and, and presented on sales and things like that. But I've never, in my entire life, on hundreds of stages, I've never felt like the way that I felt in that room on that stage. It was like, oh shit, this is home. I feel. Mm-hmm so grounded. I feel like I'm in an alternate universe. I don't have any inner monologue of like, do they like me? Is this good? It was like, I was so unbelievably present. I've never been that present in my entire life. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing. And everyone's like, Oh, you're so confident on stage. And I was like, no, 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 that was not confidence. That was presence. That was something that I had rehearsed so many times in my visualizations because I created such a clear vision of what I wanted in that. I had rehearsed it so many times that in my subconscious mind, it was as if it was already done. Mm-hmm. And so actually the brain, when we think about things, the brain doesn't really know the difference between real versus imagined. You guys can Google this and be like, show me brain scans of real versus imagined. And you'll see that, yes, when it's when somebody's experienced a real life circumstance, more of the brain lights up, but in the imagined parts of the brain, very, very similar things light up. And so the brain really is not able to decipher the difference. And so when you're literally rehearsing something so many times in your brain, it's as if it's already done on a brain level. And if you want to get metaphysical on like a quantum level on an energetic level, it's already done. Like to me, that's true manifestation
1: mm-hmm. when you can
2: really be so certain in your vision that you don't need to stress out about like, is it going to happen? Will it come? It's just like, I knew that at some point I wasn't forcing a timeline. I knew at some point I was going to get to feel that feeling on a stage. And so that was one aspect of my business vision <laughs> that able to bring into the reality and yeah. be certain in it yeah
0: yeah and it's it's um yeah it's you know when you continually saying things to yourself that you know it's 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 already happened you make it more true and it's like you said you know the brain can't separate whether it's true or not but if you continue saying it it will become true
2: yeah like if you want to know what you're visualizing on a regular basis just look around at your current reality mm-hmm that's what you're, that's the energy that you are currently holding space for. That's the thing that you're, you know, priming. And so it's like become more intentional about um, designing an aligned business vision for ourselves. Like, Ooh, what's possible.
0: Yeah. And we know anything is possible. Anything. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it, it is true though. Anything is possible because we see it every day. And I know a lot of people compare themselves to, you know, the mentors that are following the gurus and all that stuff. And it's like, oh man, they're doing it. Why can't I? And all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if we look at it in a different way, you know, they kind of showed us that it is possible.
2: Mm-hmm. They've
0: already done it. So why can't you?
2: Yeah. I don't know if you follow, do you follow Abraham Hicks at all?
0: Uh, no, I don't actually.
2: Okay. Yeah. Obviously so, I should. <laughs> yeah, no, but Abraham Hicks, it's, um, it's this woman who channels, these beings called Abraham. And one of the things that they talk about is contrast. And so when you see somebody achieving something that you really want to achieve, they're like, that's just contrast. And contrast is an important part of our human existence
1: mm-hmm.
2: because while we might have those experiences of like jealousy or envy, like, oh, why can't I do it? They're doing it. It's just this beautiful reminder, like you said, that they're actually showing you that it is possible because it's already been done. And so they've created a path for you and showing you like, no, this is something totally within the you know, possible realities. And then, you know, being able to say, okay, well, them doing it is not evidence that I don't have it or that I can't do it. It's, it's evidence of the opposite. So I love that you said that.
0: Mm, Yeah, exactly. Uh, You put it a little bit more elegantly, but (laughs) But I love it. I love it. Uh, But yeah, uh, we were talking about uh, vision.
1: Mm. So
0: you talked about, you know, being on stage, obviously. Um, And how do we create that aligned vision for ourselves. I mean, yeah. it's one thing to feel alignment, but then you're going to follow up the alignment with creating a vision that is an alignment.
2: Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I find that my visions of like what's next comes through for me when I'm in like meditation or like not when I'm at the computer. And I know that's probably mm-hmm. not the case for everybody, but for me, I remember doing a meditation, um, with a friend of mine. And all of a sudden I started seeing all these images of myself as like a 60 year old woman, like being like having a PhD in psychology, which is something that I want to do. um, Mm -hmm. and that was actually the path that I was on, uh, prior to going into entrepreneurship. And so it's like, Oh, that's so interesting to see that vision. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, if you have something like that come through, I don't think it means that you have to necessarily follow that path, but it's just showing you, like, for me, when I get those downloads, it's like, oh, this is a version of reality that's possible. Mm. Something that, like, you could choose to follow. But, like, we still have free will, right? So it's like, even though we're getting yeah. that, those moments, I mean, for you, how do you usually get, like, your downloads for your business visions of, like, what's next?
0: It's, I, I don't meditate, so it's not that. But I think it's it's pretty much the same thing, you know, when you kind of get, that downtime. So like during um, the holidays, you know, when you're not working, you're putting things aside, you get that moment of, you know, silence, relaxation. So things kind of just wind down and that's kind of when you get the uh, epiphanies that suddenly just comes to you. And that kind of, I've basically found the last missing piece in my framework during this holidays, which is what we're kind of talking about today, you know, putting you yourself first um, in your launch. Mm -hmm. Because we kind of tend to forget that we don't take care of ourselves during the launch, which is Mm -hmm. like a huge thing because, um, you know, when we're launching, we're stressed out, Uh, we're working late, we don't get enough sleep, we don't drink enough water, we don't eat right food, because you go for the fast food, obviously, because that's easy. So there's so many things we don't, you know, we don't go out, work out, get some energy, all that stuff. So yeah, just sitting in silence. I think that's, um, even if you don't meditate, just sit in silence.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That silence. I I know for me, I don't know if you've ever done um, breath work, but um, I like teach a three-part breathing sequence. And whenever I do that, it actually, with this particular type of breath work, you guys can look it up. It's kind of similar in style to holotropic breath work. Um, and so basically w- because you're hyper oxygenating the body, you are allowing as parts of the brain that don't normally communicate to communicate. And so mm-hmm. it's similar to a plant medicine like psychedelic kind of experience where you're getting like things firing in your brain that don't normally fire. And so whenever I do that, I always get like crazy amounts of ideas, crazy downloads, and also I release a lot of like stuck energy and like just purge stuff out of my body. So that's always really powerful as well in terms of like creating an aligned vision. I truly believe that you know we're not going to get those downloads if we're not ready to receive them. Mm, meaning yeah. like, we still have traumas that we haven't, you know, given attention to if we're not moving through some of those that stuck energy and some of those limiting beliefs, like the universe is not going to give us more than we can handle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the more you can create that space in your energetic field and your body and your mind to be able to hold a greater container for other people, the more that is going to come in and the yeah. more you space for yourself.
0: Yeah. And it's it's something about just being, you have to be on your journey. You have to go through that. You have to, you know, go through the mistakes, go through the failures in order to get where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be the same person if you didn't go through all the stuff that you really don't want to go through, but you kind of have to.
2: 100%. I mean, I've got mistakes and failures and really crappy lessons for days <laughs> that I'm like, why is this happening to me in the moment? And now I am just so grateful for those moments because it's literally the things that allow me to show up as a better coach for my clients. Because it's phenomenally fascinating to me how you know I will move through something, get the lesson, and then like two days later, they're like, "Oh my god, I'm struggling with this thing," and I'm like, oh, "I have insight to share! Yay!" <laughs> like, I'm going to coach you from the other side of this now. So it's like all of those things really are such powerful blessings when we really are able to extract the lesson from them.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a huge thing though. Just being able to reframe from, you know, like you said, asking me why is this happening to me? Obviously that is not a great question, Um, but just manage to see the lessons in the mistakes or the failures that you go into. That's, that's a huge thing.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to launching too, it's, it's really like you were saying, like most people are in that space where they are Struggling during the launch, maybe things are happening last minute. Oh, we never sent the email, we never scheduled it, or they're not Mm -hmm. eating, or they're not showering. And you know, I like from an energetic standpoint and perspective, you know, all like your audience can feel that Mm -hmm. if you're out of alignment and you're in a space where you're in chaos, that sends off an energy of chaos. And so, not only are you maybe not attracting as many people as you could, but the people who are probably the most ideal clients wouldn't energetically align with that version of you in Mm -hmm. the chaos. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember one of my clients, she had said to me that this woman reached out to her and said, Oh, I didn't even realize that I could work with you. You just seemed really busy. And so she thought she had this belief that like, Oh, my clients need to see that I'm busy all the time. They Mm -hmm. need to see that I'm working because that's what, that's what makes me valuable. That's what makes me attractive as a health coach. And then she realized that that was actually preventing her from getting more clients because people thought, "Oh, you're not going to have time for me. You're not going to be able to hold space for me." And so, like, kind of going back to this this thing with launching or whatever, like, where if you if you think it's a good thing that you're making yourself look really really busy, <laughs> or that <laughs> you need to be really really busy all the time, like, just from an energetic standpoint, you know, it, it may actually be blocking the people that could be working with you who would benefit from working with you, mm-hmm. and then, from a structural standpoint, when we look at you know creating an aligned business vision, I'll hear people say, "Oh, I want you know 100,000 followers, or I want a million dollars." Right? Like there's all these like core goals that we hear in the online marketing space that are you know 10k months, 100k launch. Oh yeah. Um, we hear them again and again. But what I always ask people is like, "Okay, so those are the things that you are saying that you want." And I've done this on a couple of in a few of my launches. Just to call people on their ish. I'm like, great. So you want all these clients. I was like, and what's your price point? Okay. I was like, what would you do tomorrow if 200 people reached out to you and said, I want to work with you? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, they want to work with you. How do you onboard them? How do you make sure that you deliver a, a premium customer experience?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They're like, oh, I don't know.
0: Exactly. Okay.
2: Like, hey, how many people would you actually be able to onboard? And they usually, for some reason, is like 15 people on this one thing. They were like five, five, (laughs) five, five, five." like a lot of people are like five people. I'm like, all right, if you can only onboard five people and that's going to equate to, let's say it's a $500 program, right? I'm like, that's not going to get you to six figures. So Mm -hmm. what, if you, if you're really truly committed to that vision and being able to hold a container for that many people energetically, what do you need to do? And then also strategically and, and from a systems perspective, what things do you need in place to be able to support those people? Do you need a customer support person added to the team? Do you need a community manager? Do you need to refine your onboarding emails? Do you need to create a welcome video for your program? Like what are the things that are getting in the way of creating an amazing customer experience that on a subconscious level, you're like, Oh, I know I need to do these things. And like, when these things are done, then I'll be ready for all those people coming in. Like, Mm. is it re-recording your program? Is it, you know, getting on my video every day? What are those things that you keep saying to yourself? Oh, I should do that. But then you go, oh, I don't have time. I just need to launch because I need money.
0: Wow. That is gold right there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true though. Yeah. They're not ready for the 200 people, obviously.
2: Yeah. So it's like really getting honest with yourself. This would be a great journal prompt of, okay, if 200 people came to you today, really outline it for yourself, like where are the gaps, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: where are the holes? Because if that's the ultimate goal, and that doesn't have to be the ultimate goal, like whatever the goal is, whatever the vision is, write it down and say, okay, like most people set the goal and then they begin working towards it. But what you really want to ask yourself is, um, you know, what, and I, I think this is James Wedmore, who we all most, most of your audience probably does. Like, I
0: you know. about them all the time, so they should know who yeah. it is.
2: <laughs> um, he's like, no, like what, I forget how you phrase it, but it was like, what, what does that vision demand of you? What does mm-hmm. that goal demand you to do? Like, how do you need to show up in order to make that vision? Like, are you being the person that would attract that type of client? Are you being the person that would attract that type of abundance? And I think that's really where we can start to get total clarity around, you know, what it actually takes
1: mm-hmm. for-
2: what it's actually going to require. And like another big question I love asking my clients with this is, okay, that's your business vision. What do you need to let go of in order to achieve that vision? And they like, mm-hmm. like, I need to let go of people. I'm like, no, 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 Like it could be qualities. It could be, um, beliefs. It could be, uh, you know, any, any number of things. It doesn't have to specifically be people or niches or anything like that. It could, it could literally be anything, but that's a big one
0: that's a big one yeah. that's yeah no that but it's so true um what does that vision demand of you that's mm-hmm. that's a very important question to kind of ask you because that just shifts everything of how you think about your business and how you do your business or how you work in your business yeah
1: it's
0: totally and different
2: too, you know that really brings into into reality that it's not just about creating the vision but it's also about incorporating the action and mm-hmm. i um, you know, love being able to talk about this kind of idea of really aligned business visions. And it's kind of on the two ends of the spectrum of being a dreamer, the person who's always thinking about what they want to create, always coming up with new ideas, the person who's changing their niche every single day, creating a new offer every single day, which is fine. Like there's some people that need in even on human design stuff, like there's some... I feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I'm, I'm working on that. So yeah, I have a document that I kind of put all the ideas in and just, okay, we'll leave it there for now. <laughs> <laughs> it was
2: like they were really like constantly starting things and not finishing um, or coming up with new ideas and not and actually taking action, right? So that's like the extreme end of like being the dreamer. And then there's like the other extreme end, which is being the doer, the person who's getting lost in the details, getting lost really in the busy work. And they're focusing mm-hmm. on being busy over productivity and moving towards the goal. So they might be like tweaking something in Canva. Or they're like, oh, let me go change my Facebook group header. And it's like, okay, but, but what, is, what does, what does have to do? Like, does it have to do with your launch? Like maybe it does, maybe it doesn't like, do you actually have to do that?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, we kind of see these ends of the spectrum and you know, what I, what I offer anybody listening to this is especially in launch mode, that's really when people tend to get the most stressed. That's when all the limiting beliefs tend to come up because you've got a couple of days and it's go time. So mm-hmm. when you're in launch, where do you tend to find yourself? Do you you go into this like, go, 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 do, do, do and burn yourself out? Do you, you know, kind of bounce around like, oh, maybe we'll launch this. No, maybe we won't launch that. Like, are you constantly changing things up on your team? And just to to really get clear with yourself, like what is actually driving that behavior for the people who are the constant doers? It's this need to be physically busy. And that actually could be, in both of these, it could be even a trauma response just to throw a little something else in there, but that's like deeper (laughs) But this need to be physically busy all the time, I think, you know, sometimes can come from a good place. And then other times it can really come from this question, this primary question that's driving us of what if it's not enough?
1: Therefore, mm-hmm. I must
2: do more. I must look busier. I am only, uh, I've heard clients say like, oh, I, I can only make money if I'm working hard. I only deserve money if I'm working hard. And it's like, oh my gosh, like that's that's such a a limiting, truly limiting belief to, to have. Yeah. And for the dreamer, you know, they kind of get into this space where they're constantly mentally busy, constantly thinking about different things, bouncing around. And so for them, it's that oftentimes there can be this this question driver of what if it's not good enough? So it's like, what if it's not enough? And then what if it's not good enough? So it's like, oh, that's not it. That's not the big idea. What about this? So I have this other idea, you know? So when you get stressed, you can really start to see sort of your natural state. I don't know if you guys know the disc test. D I S C, but I heard
0: about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And essentially that personality test helps to elicit your two, two aspects of your ways of being one is your adaptive state. So that's, they, they measure that with questions about when you're being watched, when you're being um, managed, like how do you show up? Mm -hmm. And then when you're just in your natural state, typically when you're in under high stress, like how do you show up? How do you behave differently? And you'll start to see like, Oh, you learned, how to be really organized, but naturally you're not organized or like you're, which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? You just, you need, then that means like, okay, instead of you having to force yourself into being this like structured person, what, what can you free up in your launches so that somebody else can be that person for you and hold that container. And then you can sort of just be able to like, I just want to go live everywhere. I want to be on my Instagram and then I want to go on Facebook. And like, if that's what fills you up during your launch, like what things do you need to put in place so that you can be in that highest frequency for you?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a excellent example. Um, and that's also why you probably should have things organized and planned just a little bit before you kind of get into the launch. Um, because I see that a lot. You people tend to work on their launch stuff in the launch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have the webinar slide deck that's not quite ready yet. You have a few emails that you need to write out, and then you're trying to do a live here and there. And, you know, it's um, yeah, it's crazy. No wonder people get stressed out.
2: yeah it's like what is the expectation we're putting on ourselves
0: yeah Yeah. and the same thing is you know like you said when you're going into a launch uh people have these expectations they're excited um and then you kind of get into launch and then you're not seeing the sales that you thought you would and meeting the goals and they start questioning themselves i mean obviously this emotional roller coaster
2: yeah that's the the launch free fall
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly
2: between open cart and closed cart where you get like usually a big influx on day one and the last day. And it's like that in-between of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, am I doing enough? Is this good enough?
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And all of the stories start to come out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we could, you know, continue the conversation forever, I feel like. But um, I think it's time we kind of wrap this up. Um, What are some last things that we can talk about before we wrap this up in terms of, you know, creating that business line vision?
2: I'll say one thing, and I actually shared this on a little quote graphic the other day on Instagram and everyone was like, oh, this is, this is good. I was like, guys, everything that you've ever done was one, something that you had never done. Mm. So acknowledge that you are actually a master at making things happen.
1: And I'll tell you
2: that came through for me (laughs) because (laughs) I finally, I've been wanting to put out this membership and do the podcast relaunch. And I kept kind of dragging my feet with it. And, um, I was like, oh, I don't know. And I finally onboarded someone new onto the team and like, bam, that was the support that I needed Mm -hmm. to be able to like actually feel the movement and the support in, in moving towards this vision. Cause it was, it was a constipated vision. It just like would not, it was like, it just didn't feel right yet. And I got really real with myself. So I brought on this new team member. She is helping me with so many things. She is like such an A player. It's ridiculous. I'm so grateful for her. And I had to take a step back because now I couldn't make the excuse of like, oh, but all these things need to get done. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, Jen, <laughs> be real with yourself. Why are you really dragging your feet with this? And I was like, oh crap, it's fear. There's mm-hmm. fear. That's why my, my word for the year is with the fear because I was like, okay, as soon as I was able to acknowledge that and integrate that, I didn't have to repress it anymore. I was like, okay, we can do this with the fear. I'm, I'm okay. Like that's a normal part. And then being like finding, finding out I'm spleenic authority and it's all fear-based decision-making. I'm like, great, <laughs> Okay, cool. So this Finally, is it all
0: makes sense.
2: <laughs> I was like, it all makes sense. Awesome. So like now we can now I can move in alignment with it. But I had to call myself out on that. And then in like two days after I had that moment of clarity, I was like laying in bed. It was like probably two in the morning. And it was just like everything you've ever done was when something you'd never done. So like, why are you freaking out about this? You've this is this is what you've been training for. You've there was you once never had a podcast. You've changed a podcast name before. You've launched new programs before. Like Everything you've ever done was one, something you've never done. So like you 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 lived through it, you've had success. So like why are you why are you doubting yourself now? So mm.
0: yeah. That's it. We're done. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, but that was awesome. That was a really good quote. Um so yeah. But how can people get in touch with you, find out more about you and um, services that you have?
2: Yeah. So you can find me literally everywhere. Um at Hey Jen Casey and Hey Jen com, Jen with one N. Um, I love hanging out on Instagram. You can come and connect with me over on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, Ken and I will have, be having some <laughs> of conversations on there soon. Um, and then on the podcast, which is about to relaunch under a new name called the CEO Psyche Podcast.
0: Mm, interesting.
2: It first.
0: <laughs> when will that be out?
2: Um, that is going to be relaunching in February, so mid February. Okay, but that's cool. okay. if you want to come find the podcast. If you're listening to this before then, it's um, the Inner Boss Podcast. So all the same content will still be there. We're keeping it on the same uh, channel. Kind of just approaching it as a new, almost like a new season mm-hmm.
1: of
2: like the new chapter, and really just you know instead of kind of starting over, just showing people yeah. like oh, you can change, you can evolve, yeah. you can realign with what you want to create. So
0: exactly, yeah. awesome. <laughs> we'll put that all in the show notes and link it all up. So. And thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast, doing this interview. Really loved it and I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No problem. All right, guys. Thank you so much again for listening in. We'll catch up again next week. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast.